0: Hey everyone, this is Motsi. As many of you will probably already know, the Philippines underwent one of the most corrupt and transparently stolen elections since the first dictatorship, in which the son of the very same dictator used lies and misinformation to make the Filipino people magically forget he still owes the country billions of dollars, which his family stole. I'm not exaggerating when I say the Marcos family is one of the primary reasons The Philippines has remained in a state of mass poverty. And just to make it clear, there is a lie going around that the Philippines was prosperous during the Marcos regime. In actual fact, Marcos stole and spent billions, plunged the country into debt that we are still paying for, to this day. You know when you eat out and someone spends the most money but runs away and leaves you with a bill? That's basically the Marcos presidency, and this one will be the same with Marcos Jr. using the money his family never gave back to magic away all the money they still owe. But back to the election. Here's a rundown of how it looked like from Filipino voters. There have been multiple videos and other pieces of evidence of the Marcos campaign paying voters during campaign season. A whistleblower has even gone public on radio station Magic 89.9 to admit to being hired as part of Troll Farms, Spreading misinformation on behalf of the Marcos campaign, with details of how much they were paid and where they were operating. There is photo and video evidence of multiple camera setups to inflate numbers attending the Marcos rallies. There was even an instance in which a friend of a friend told us in our group chats like a couple of weeks ago that they were basically forced by their work to attend a Marcos rally and she had to like hide her face because she literally didn't want to be there. But that's, you know, obviously, it's all anecdotal. All of this falls under grounds for disqualification of candidates in the Philippines. However, the Commission on Elections, or COMELEC, has shown itself to be equally corrupt, refusing to acknowledge all of the hard evidence against the Marcos campaign. It recently dumped multiple petitions to disqualify Marcos as a candidate. On the day of the elections, almost 2,000 vote-counting machines were broken— The lockboxes that were meant to house receipts securely were replaced by cardboard and shoeboxes. And yet the outcome of the elections was decided faster than even the 2016 elections, in which fewer reports of broken machines were noted. Many people were encouraged, in some cases even threatened, to leave their ballots unsupervised to be submitted by officials. This was of course suspicious, and many people refused. Despite broken-down machinery, there was still a refusal by the COMELEC to extend voting in many cases. One of my friends had to wait 30-plus hours for an SD card to be delivered to their precinct in Matandang Balara. My own sister, who you might recognize as a singing ghost from episode 5 and the voice of Vanessa Bartolotti, had to wait from 6am to 10pm for the SD card of their broken machine to be replaced. Her vote seemingly has not been counted because COMELEC refused to extend voting hours despite the failure being on their own shoulders. There was also extreme election violence in Binidayan and Malabang towns in Lanao del Sur, in which six people were killed. The COMELEC claims the elections ran smoothly despite the 1,800-plus broken machines and thousands of complaints across social media. Again, more evidence of their refusal to see facts. Most damning, however, are the numbers. First of all, we're led to believe Marcos earned nearly twice the number of votes Duterte had back in 2016, and despite my unbridled hatred for Duterte, his popularity cannot be denied and nobody is surprised at the numbers showing up for his equally violent daughter as vice president. But are we supposed to believe Marcos, who refused to attend debates or face his opponents, who lacks even a fraction of the charisma that Duterte had? got twice his vote count in an election where the Google search trends were skewed towards his rival Lenny Robredo. Moreover, the election returns when put to a graph shows an inhumanly steady rise on a ratio of 60-30 between Marcos and Robredo. It's literally a straight line rising by 47%, which is near impossible on a human level. Many have speculated that the results have been pre-programmed, something which the Comalek also seems to be blind and deaf to. Multiple journalists, newscasters, and respected historians have shown their utter condemnation of the results on live TV and on the internet, including Mel Tianco, Vicky Morales, and Jessica Soho. So what does all this mean, apart from the Filipino people being a victim of large-scale corruption? Currently, votes are being recounted manually by transparency groups, and many votes have yet to come in from overseas. <laughs> One of the reps is even our high school teacher. Go Sir Van. No complete certificates of canvas, which are important documents pertaining to outcomes of the election per province, have been received as of May 10. People are currently protesting in front of the Comelec, with some inside flashing the laban or fight symbol associated with the opposition against Marcos. Even outside of Marcos being a criminal who has more right to pay back those billions he owes than he does being allowed in the Philippines, the Comelec fumbled this election heavily. It was one of the most corrupt and mishandled elections many have seen and documented. Filipinos will not stand for such blatant incompetence at best and extreme corruption at worst. But let's not let Marcos, whose camp paid for votes and lies and massive misinformation campaigns, with internationally award-winning photographers providing photo evidence of his crimes, off the hook. He still owes us all money. Plus his mom, Imelda Marcos, was literally charged for graft a few years ago and she's still not in prison because… reasons? Anyway, here are a few books to check out for more information about the Marcos Dictatorship and Continued Corruption. The Conjugal Dictatorship The Edifice Complex Decada 70 The Jupiter Effect Selinkit, A 1986 Diary State of War Martial Law, Never Again Days of Disquiet, Nights of Rage Some Are Smarter Than Others Waltzing with a Dictator? And here are a few films if books aren't your thing. Imelda, 2003 The Kingmaker, 2019 Batas Militar, 1997 Escapo, 1995 Decada, 70, 2002 Signos, 1983 Marcos, A Malignant Spirit, 1986 Portraits of Mosquito Press, 2015 Bakit Dilaw Ang Gitna lang Bahaghari, 1994 Kudeta, The Philippines Revolt, 1986 Betamax, 83 In Search of Marcus Millions, PBS Frontline's 1987 episode And even John Oliver's recent episode covering the Philippine elections, which was too little too late, yet appreciated all the same. I don't know, I'm tired. But what I do know is that we will never accept a Marcus presidency. Not ever, never again. If you'll remember episode 11 of the Hainai podcast, Nakaraan, it was set during the Marcus regime. Half our Filipino horror stories are, and for good reason, whether it be the dozens of people buried alive under cement for Imelda's ego or the real children disappearing around a massive bridge who would later live on in horror stories of kids being sacrificed to the bridge in blood rituals. We may be a horror podcast, but these real-life atrocities might be too scary even for you. Given what's happened, though, we might have to bring those stories into regular programming now. We will never let anyone forget. We still have hope. We always will. But that hope is a bitter, vengeful one. And it will not die. Thank you. We love you. And hanggang sa You're listening to Hainai by Motsi Dapul.